Hello, and welcome to Travel Along with Laura. I'm your host, Laura Lisensky. And in this podcast, I bring you along with me to experience the sights, no, just the sounds, as I visit somewhere for the first time. Today, we're traveling Tuscany, Italy. Florence is the largest city and the capital of this region. Today, we're leaving Florence to do a day trip. This is much more than you could do in a single day by yourself, or more than I would recommend. So first, we headed west to Pisa to see its famous Leaning Tower. Then we went back inland south of Florence to a winery in the Chianti region, situated right next to the stunning San Gimignano, where we went next. This is a medieval city famous for its tall towers and its skyline. From there, we headed southeast to Siena, which was probably my favorite part of this whole day. This is such a beautiful area. If you're in Florence, you've got to get out and explore. So I was traveling with my kids. Tessa is nine and Abby is 12, and we are about one week into our Italian adventure. So come along with me to Tuscany. Okay, so we just got up early, getting ready for our tour today, which includes the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Now, I thought it just leaned because it's old, but Tessa tells me that there's more to the story. Okay, tour guide Tessa, why is the Leaning Tower of Pisa leaning? Um, so when they made it, the people that made it, they built it wrong, and because it was so heavy, it sinked into the ground, and then while it was like sinking, it tilted into the ground, and it sank because they put it in like sand. Oh, so it's because of where it is. It's too heavy for the sand that it's in. The so then it sank, there. and then it tilted. Whoa! But then, um, but then they could fix it. Um, but they decided to just like bolt it in like that for tourists. And then I think it was smart because we're about to go see it, aren't we? Mm-hmm. We're going to go give them some money for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Good morning, buenos dias, bon dia, bonjour, nihao, ohayo gozaimasu. Today we are an international group. Uh, I can speak six languages, uh, Italian, of course, English, Spanish, Portuguese, French, and Japanese, but the tour will be in uh, is reserved in two languages so i will uh, give you the same explanation all day long in two uh, languages please be patient hoy somos un grupo internacional puede hablar muchos idiomas italiano inglés so our guide barbara was amazing so we climbed onto our beautifully air-conditioned double-decker bus along with our new 87 closest friends. This was a huge group, but impressively organized. Due to the size, Barbara just gave us all the information over the intercom on the bus. And then when we got to each location, we just had a time to meet back and we were free to walk around and do what we wanted. It was actually really perfect with the kids because they would not have been able to have an attention span to follow a guide around all day. So our first stop was the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Hi, I'm your host Tessa and Laura is not going to be a part of this anymore because I took it over. 
I can see people up there, like climbing up the stairs. They're taking photos. Of so you can actually people. climb up the tower. Um, it requires buying a ticket and then waiting in line. It takes about half an hour to climb the tower itself. There are 251 steps and it cost 20 euros. So we decided not to spend our energy and money that way and just wandered around it. Really cool. Uh, it's, it's leaning. It, it's leaning a lot. It's leaning a lot? It, it, it kind of scares me. I feel like I'm standing in front of a giant model of it. Doesn't it look fake? It looks very fake. It's very surreal. It was plenty crowded. Although it was hilarious to watch everyone take their leaning on the tower, holding up the tower photo. There's not a ton to do there. Well, maybe that's not fair. We didn't have a lot of time. There is a cathedral there that's really beautiful that you can go inside. That was free, but you still had to get tickets, which was confusing. You can climb the tower. There's tons and tons of tourist trinket shops. We got some souvenirs. There's little cafes. However, you certainly don't need to spend very much time here. So I wouldn't say you need to go out of your way to come here. But it's not a place you need to avoid either. It was cool to see such a famous place. I would say if you're in the area, check it out. Makes a good stop on the way if you're headed to Cinque Terre. Or do it as a part of a tour like we did. From there, we were headed to a winery. This winery was so beautifully set in the middle of the hills of Tuscany, just gorgeous. I think my second favorite part of this entire tour was simply this part of the drive, just passing through vineyards and tiny little adorable houses. It was really gorgeous. After visiting Pisa, we are crossing the Chianti Hills. So we are crossing the hills. You might enjoy the view of many vineyards. Uh, here in Tuscan, we produce a lot of wine, mainly red wine. Uh, just 15% of the production is white wine. And you are going to see also many um, olive groves. We produce an excellent extra virgin olive oil. The Cypress trees in all Italy represent the connection between the art and the sky. For this reason, are planted mostly near the graveyards. But uh, here in Tuscany, we have cypress trees everywhere. Planted, for example, in front of the houses. They are uh, evergreen trees with very dense leaves, so they protect the houses from the strong wind. But they have also another practical purpose. They are planted in front of the houses. Uh, they are something like a screen for privacy. We are at lunch with our tour guide. We are at a winery in Tuscany, I think. Um, and that's like bread and olives and cheese stuff in it. And it's really good. And Abby went straight for the bread. 
We are at the Pietra Serena Winery. We had what they called a light lunch. It was enough to eat, but kind of like a lot of little things to try. There was bruschetta. There was this amazing truffle butter and the best aged balsamic. It was so thick, almost like it was a reduction. Aged 25 years, we were just putting it on everything that we could. And I bought some. There was this amazing pecorino cheese, which is a sheep cheese. There were two kinds of meats, a salami and something like prosciutto. And we got to taste a little bit of wine. There was one white, one rosé, and one Chianti, which is the area that we're in. So that was cool to try. I liked them all, but honestly, they didn't blow me away. And I was kind of used to being blown away by wine in Italy. But if you ask me the best thing about this winery, besides the basalmic, was just the location was absolutely amazing. I really felt plopped in the middle of a fairy tale. The views were incredible, and we were right across the valley from our next destination, the medieval town of San Gimignano. San Gimignano is famous for its skyline, the Manhattan of the Middle Ages. During the Middle Ages, 72 nobles' families decided to build the tower and live so these towers were all inhabited by individual families, and the height of the tower was a status symbol to show how powerful that family was. Then around the outside of the city, there were walls for protection. This little town is situated in between Florence and Siena, and those two cities were often fighting over control of the area. Inside the Middle Ages, there was a great economic development thanks to the trade of local agricultural products, such as saffron and the white wine. This economic development was really spurred along by the location of this town, right along a very special road called the Via Francigena. This was an ancient road that went all the way from England to Rome, it was popular with pilgrims and traders, and it really gained popularity around 1000 AD when the Archbishop of Canterbury traveled the entire road and documented his travels. By the way, this little tidbit that I just told you, I learned from a website called Appy Guide, A-P-P-Y Guide, and they have all kinds of videos and information all about Tuscany. So if you want to learn some history of the art around there, of the little towns around there, it's a great resource to check out. As you know, saffron is one of the most expensive products on earth, uh, much more than caviar, than truffles. And the cultivation of saffron is really hard. We need a peculiar soil, and around San Gimignano we have it. During the month of October, for just 20 days, we can enjoy the view of beautiful fields full of flowers of saffron. Really an unforgettable color. So the reason San Gimignano is so unusually well preserved is because it was hit hard by the Black Plague in the 1300s. Its population was drastically reduced and hardly anyone lived there for a long time. 
So it's kind of frozen in time. And today is protected as a UNESCO World Heritage Site. And that's why that medieval atmosphere in San Gimignano is really well preserved. We are going to see really a magic place today. Everything is medieval, could be renewed, but everything is original. This place is a really interesting combination of ancient and modern. Every little storefront is full of like tourists. Actually, the least amount of tourist junk that I've seen so far in tourist places in Italy. There's a lot of like local handicrafts and really cool stuff. Um, but every, every little storefront is filled with modern things. It's a very interesting contrast. This place is gorgeous though, absolutely amazing. I can't decide if this is the coolest or the worst place I've ever been. I think it is somehow simultaneously both. I'd like to check out the little side alleys and see if it feels a little less, I don't know, capitalistic. This actual little town though on this hill is really amazing. And in the center, we're like coming up the hill now. And um, in the center, there's this really tall tower. Can you guys imagine what it was like to live here in medieval times? No. In the end, I decided it was cool. Pretty incredible to have all this preserved. I think it would be awesome if you were able to see this place outside of the afternoon when it's peak tourist time. If you could hang out in this town in the evening, have dinner at a nice restaurant, stay at a bed and breakfast somewhere in the surrounding hills, that'd be cool. But we were happy to get back on our air-conditioned bus again for the ride to Siena. of this building there is these like um holders i thought they were like for light bulbs but then mama told me that they were actually for torches um before they had electricity it is a bank and guess what it is the oldest bank in the whole entire world and it's still a bank it looks like a castle it's a big bank. Like a really big bank. So Siena was so cool. My favorite part of this tour, specifically the main plaza, was my favorite part. At this point, we were so tired. There was an optional guided tour that I was really glad at this point we had not signed up for because we just chose to spend our allotted time in Siena, finding the main square as quickly as possible, and then sitting down at a cafe in the square, having some snacks. We are at the square. It's the most beautiful thing Mama has ever seen. I think what's blowing my mind most is just the scale 
of this square. It's enormous. By contrast, the cathedral looks reasonably sized, but when I tried to take a picture of it, I could not even get it in the frame of my camera. It's beautiful. So on one side is the cathedral, and the other three sides of the square are lined with these tall buildings. They're like five stories high or so. Mm, thank you. Yeah, okay, let's get you water. These buildings, they're like uh, brown brick, a lot of wooden accents, right? Like wooden doors and shutters and things. Um, a lot of them have these like these iron uh, light holders hanging off of them. And it's all like very hodgepodge. It's kind of like a lot of them are askew. It looks like one has been built on top of another, built on top of another. They're really fascinating to look at. It's really one of the most gorgeous places that I feel like I've ever sat down and taken a moment in. So Siena was super cool. I really liked the vibe there. It was so different from other places I've been. And if I could go back and redo this trip, I would totally stay in Siena. Not in place of Florence, but in addition to. So the big event that happens every year in Siena is a horse race. It's called the Palio de Siena. This race has been happening for the last 700 years with pauses only for the two world wars and COVID. It's always a race with 10 horses, one per district and 10 out of the 17 districts in Siena participate each year. Each district has its flag that are everywhere. There's parades. It's a whole four-day event. But the races themselves are on July 2nd and August 16th. If you happen to be around then, I think that would be pretty amazing. But it also sounds pretty insane. So you see the race from that main square. To watch it from the square is free, but it sounds like it is extremely crowded like packed like sardines, like don't bring your children, kind of crowded. However, there are other ways to see it. There's better views around the square they get paid tickets for. Sounds fascinating. On another note, have I mentioned how when we were there in July, it was hot? Like, very hot. I'm the last of the red hot mama. They've all cooled down but me. Flap of them, say what do they know? Come get your hot stuff from this volcano. I'm an overheater, try and beat it. Hot, say, hot, say, hot and hot. This place is really pretty to walk around in, but the thing is, it is very hot and there's only a little bit of shade. Which it's hard with kids. Trust me, I would know. It was in fact so hot that by the time we were all headed back to the bus, somebody on the tour was overheating and we were worried about heat stroke. So it was a real group effort. Some people went and found a bag of ice. We were fanning her. 
Barbara was prepared to call an ambulance if things didn't improve quickly. So there was no need for everyone to stand around watching this poor girl. And Barbara decided to take everyone back to the bus. And I waited behind with these two girls. They were young, maybe 20. They spoke Spanish, which I kind of do, so I could communicate a little bit at least. I appreciated my kids being cool during this time. So everything turned out fine. By the time Barbara came back, she was feeling better, and they came back with us on our air-conditioned bus. But the heat in Italy in the summer is real. If you don't hate the heat, it's totally doable, but it is going to affect how much you can do in a day, for sure. So this tour was great. It was a really big group. By the end, Tessa had the big tall flag that was leading us, was leading all 90 of us around. I would definitely recommend this tour with the caveat that it's just a long day. You do so much, which is both a plus and a minus. There are plenty of tours you can do with a smaller group and you pay for that. So this was a really good option for us. If you're interested in finding the same tour, the company is called Sightseeing Experience. On their website, you'll see they're out of a bunch of different cities. So this one was out of Florence, and it was called Pisa, Siena, San Gimignano, and Chianti Experience. At the point when we took it, it was $70 for adults and half that price for kids, which is one of the reasons I picked this tour, because it's not always the case that kids are cheaper, as they do take up an entire seat on the bus. So what a day. If you had time to do all these things in a more leisurely fashion, that's a great plan. But this was a wonderful way to see so many different things all throughout Tuscany and really feel like we had gotten a feel for the entire area. So we finally got back to our hostel, exhausted, and slept well that night. Thank you for listening to Travel Along with Laura. I would love your reviews. I would love for you to check out my Patreon page. You can see pictures of all the places we mentioned in this episode. You can see a map of all of these places and where they are in Tuscany. And if you want to become one of my Patreon supporters for just $2 a month, you can get my monthly video updates. And most importantly, let me know that you like what I'm doing. This is a podcast I do in my free time as a teacher. I'm trying to grow it. Please share widely. Please follow the podcast. I'd appreciate it. Up next, we are taking the train to Venice and exploring Venice and Burano. It's going to be a great time.